Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Association podcast from the WBNS FM studios in Columbus, Ohio. I'm your host, Mark Finch. And I'm your other host, Daniel Barnett. And uh, we're going to jump right into it because we have a lot to talk about. We are happy to welcome back our perennial Star Wars guest, uh, T-Bone Smith. You can hear him every day on Common Man and T-Bone on 97.1 The Fan here in Columbus. Uh, T-Bone, thanks for coming back on. And and it's great to have you every time, but it's especially great to have you when we're talking Star Wars. Well, I am excited to be here. And I have a question for you gentlemen. What? This is different. Yes, I know. What do you think of when I say, I knew you were a killer? Spoiler alert. Not that we, we every time we say we're never going to give you spoiler alerts, but hey, we're going to be talking about <laughs> the uh, the book of Boba Fett. Just a little bit. Yeah. All of it. So if you have not yet seen the series or especially the finale, this is your warning that we are going to be diving deep into the book of Boba Fett and into the return of a very excellent character. I, I mean, we've all seen it. Some of us saw it sort of every week. As I have the perennial habit of getting up at <laughs> 3 a.m. when it drops. See, I admire that because I ended up watching it all this week. Yeah. Because I just held off and said, I'll wait till I get to where it's going to be done. And then I started hearing some things about, how, oh, it's not that great. And I don't know what they're doing with this. And it sucks. And then all of a sudden that all turned to, yeah. no, never mind. It's really good. We should never have doubted. <laughs> And so this week I was like, all right, I get to watch it all and see the finale. But I couldn't every single week going through that. That's that's tough. man. Even though it's only seven weeks, it's still a lot. In a way, I sort of envy you getting to see it all in one. You oh, know, yeah. In I one stretch. Blasted right through it. Chops, did you watch it week by week or did you binge near the end or a combination of the both? A little bit of a combination. I think I missed the first two and I was like, oh, yeah, this is on. We're definitely going to talk about it so i think i then watched i think i had three episodes i think i watched the first two and then i watched the third and then i was like oh the fourth is probably there and i must have been caught up i didn't know which day it came out yeah so at one point i thought i was like oh i'm, I'm still behind and I, I went to it to get it and it wasn't there and then a few days later the fourth episode was there and then i think i asked you i was like what day does it come out <laughs> i think streamers could get better at that when they're releasing them weekly they don't always advertise what day the new episode is going to come and why just put it right there on the main page of that show. Well, and at first Disney was all about Fridays, right? The Mandalorian yeah. was always Fridays and WandaVision was always Fridays. And and I think Falcon Winter Soldier was, I believe, always Fridays. And then they are now moving to Wednesdays being the release day on things. So, yeah, it's a little bit they could be a little bit better about it. I think they kind of figure you know, if someone's really tuned in, they'll... It's almost like they figured out there's this giant culture of podcasts and YouTubers and everybody who will talk about these things. Right. And <laughs> much of that does get consumed. If it comes out on a Wednesday, you might get more consumption of that and discussion sure. of it throughout the week, not over the weekend where everyone goes away from work. Right, or where it tends to get buried go. a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good point. I also want to give a shout out to friend of the show, Nerd Association superfan, Sean Brueger, who... Every week, religiously texted me his impressions of the episodes. And so, Sean, I know love you're it. out there listening. I just want you to know that I, I loved that. That was a lot of fun. And in fact, was, you know, sent me something first thing this morning. It was like, just in case you didn't get up at 3 a.m. to watch this one, don't keep reading. <laughs> and so. Although for you, you would have kept reading. You, well, yeah, yes, I you don't, don't like care. spoilers. You I welcome love them. them. I, 
feed them to me. <laughs> I think it's worth, you know, T-Bone, you brought this up, uh, that, that especially in the first half of the series, there were some concerns about uh, the, the pace of the storytelling and and that kind of thing. Let's look at that sort of first half. Let's call it PM and AM in the sense of pre-Mando and after Mando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> before it just yeah. became Mandalorian. <laughs> before well, it just became right. clear that, in it, fact, this is just a Mandalorian I mean, story. Can we, can we start there of how it almost felt like Disney Plus was like, no, you will not get the Mandalorian this season. And then they were like, JK, <laughs> here you well, go. The thing that I think so, like everyone seemed to forget that Book of Boba Fett was announced during an investor call as Mandalorian season two and a half. That's how it was announced. I didn't and, know that. And, I didn't forget it. I just didn't know. Well, it. and I think for people were like, you know, this book of Boba Fett, the pacing's bad. And then like halfway through, it's like, this isn't even about Boba Fett anymore. It's like, hey guys, guess what? <laughs> uh, they already they told you a long time ago that this is what this is going to be. <laughs> to me, it felt like in real time that like they were responding to the people who were like, I don't know if this is so great. And then it's like, well, now it's the Mandalorian, but obviously it was already oh, yeah. completed like, and that was they, the plan. Yeah. But they called it felt everyone like when I, when I turn on that episode and Boba Fett doesn't even, he didn't show up really for two episodes. He has one the scene in, in yeah, the second the, one. And you're, <laughs> you're just sitting there like, well, I guess it's just the Mandalorian now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the first person always to say, I'm happy to have any Star Wars when I can get it. Obviously, some I love some Star Wars more than other Star Wars, but I'm going to watch it no matter what, and I'm going to find things to enjoy about it no matter what. I will say that episode, I believe it was episode four of Boba Fett, which, by the way, in our household, we started calling the tome of Roberto Fettuccini, but I don't think that's an original joke. It feels like <laughs> one, but I think other people have made that joke. That was the episode where he meets up with Fennec Shand and they get the a fire spray gunship back and he like goes and bombs the Sarlacc is episode four, I believe. I, in the middle of that one, was just like, I'm so sick of flashbacks. Like, I just want this story right. to move. Yeah. I, that was one where I watched it in the middle of the night and like turned it off. I was like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then watched it the next day and was like, oh, actually, I, I must have missed this super cool part here. Like, I like just didn't none of it registered with me. I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm finding things to love about this now." But I do think the, some of the criticisms were warranted and I like you guys to weigh on that. The first half of the series, you really have to be invested. It's a little hard to keep up with because it's very slow. It plods <laughs> in a lot of ways. I haven't told this to you yet cuz I didn't want to upset you and I want it to be a reveal. <laughs> I didn't like it. At the, as a whole, you didn't as like a whole, it? it I I it, there were parts that I liked, and it's not that like I wasn't entertained and the you know everything, but overall I didn't think it was very good. Well, we'll come oh. back to when I figured you wouldn't like it because there was a moment when I thought, oh, Chops isn't gonna like this, <laughs> I, and I think we can all guess it's when Luke Skywalker showed up that I was like, ah, that was that was Chops part of isn't it. Chops isn't gonna <laughs> well, like. That was this. actually at, at the beginning when I when you were mentioning how the pacing was kind of slow and it's like all these flashbacks and everything, and I wasn't too into that. And, but I was like, I said to myself, I, no, I said, not even to myself, I said this out loud to my wife. I said, at least they're still expanding the world beyond Luke Skywalker and the Jedi. And then Luke Skywalker and the Jedi show up <laughs> a few episodes well, let's, later. We'll, we'll come back well, to that because I think that's a whole discussion in and of itself. But I mean, so that your impressions were you weren't a big fan. I tend to be more, as much as I agree with Chops about everything in star wars does not have to come back to this one goddamn family like it can be about other things 
That said, I am more on the side of where you are of any Star Wars is good Star Wars to me. And I will say for all your listeners who may not know this, I am a loud proponent of The Last Jedi. I enjoyed that movie extremely to to great ends. I defend it when people get mad about it. I still enjoyed it because it did. Yes, of course, there's lots of Skywalker in it, but it did expand the universe, I felt like, and it brought us to different places. And that's part of what I liked about Book of Boba Fett, where, yeah, there's still a lot of Tatooine. There's still a lot of just the two sons mm-hmm. and, and all these old things that you've, you're aware of. But we're seeing kids ride like American graffiti style, like speeder bikes, yeah. which were kind of like, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed just some of the things that were explored with characters we know and learning more about what they do and don't, not even characters, uh, types, you know, yeah. the, the, obviously the Tuscan Raiders, like I never would have expected to get so much out of that, even though, yes, that did plot at times. I think it was still important and I enjoy yeah. as like a, you know, someone who appreciates all of Star Wars as as like whatever I can get, I can get. Mm-hmm. I enjoy like I could watch a whole series about the Tuscan, you know, the Tuscan Raiders, the Sand People. I could watch that. But yeah. I'm glad it didn't just end up being that. I liked the The Last Jedi as well. I think that movie gets a lot of derision. Um I've always said about that movie that I don't think it's a great Star Wars movie, but I actually think it's a pretty good movie. And that was my big problem with Boba Fett. It, it didn't feel. Like I didn't like Star think it was Wars very too. good. Well, see, like it, like as far as just like crafting it and everything, it felt uh, at farcical at times to me. Cheap, but not like cheap in like because the, the, clearly there's the budget there, but there's cheap, something like, yeah. about it that just didn't. It just seemed off to me. Many times I was like, "What is the show?" Well, I will say one more point on that. Along those lines about story. As I was watching this, obviously we know if you're listening to this, there's tons of spoilers. I feel like Grogu or any character that has the powers he supposedly does, it's the it's that as much as I love him from a Star Wars perspective, from a storytelling perspective, it's that magic sword, it's yeah. that lightning bolts can just shoot out of the sky at any yeah. time. It's that 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 god factor where it's like, oh, we're kind of pinned in on story. Let's let Grogu just do something magical, and then that day hey, your story's fixed. Like I know that's not a that's that's a Grogu ex machina. Yeah, Grogu ex. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's it's a. Uh, I'm not saying it's a cheap ploy to get out. Of, I understand why he's there, and from like I said, from the Star Wars side of things, I loved all that. From the storytelling side, I could see how someone looking at this and going, "This is not really a well done story because they just keep writing themselves in the corners, and then he gets them out of it." And I don't really. I, I don't really I can't disagree with that, but I mean I think that your point the theory is correct that it can be it can come across as lazy. I will say that so far I can only think of one time where that bothered me. Most of the time I'm like, okay, they're clearly setting this up not to write themselves in a corner and get lazy, but to give a chance for Grogu to do something cool. Oh, that's fair. And yeah. I would say, especially in the last episode, I felt like and I know we're jumping ahead and I want to come back to this, but I think the thing that was neat about episode seven was that it is, it became all the pieces of the ensemble came together and everybody got a really cool moment Oh, in yeah. a way that I did not think they were going to be able to pull off, that it was going to seem too crowded, that it was going to seem, and I thought 
of all the episodes, it brilliantly interwove the sort of threads of this is where this character is and this is the cool thing they're getting to do and this is where this character is and so on and so forth. Um, I felt only a couple of times in like the Mandalorian episodes where I was like, okay, great, Grogu come in and save the day. Well, I don't know. I think that, I guess what I'm saying is for the for him being a Jedi or Jedi adjacent, they didn't rely on him in the way that they almost always do with other Jedi, where like, oh, the Jedi is the most powerful. Like if if they'll come in and save the day no matter what, in this case it was more about I mean, Grogu's just a powerful little you dude. He loves his dad. Yeah, you have to establish him as, yeah, he to establish him as a He's powerful. not just coming in to be like the savior of mankind he's coming in because his dad's in trouble one of the things i like about grogu is i mean he's not even like kid level he's like toddler level so he doesn't really even like he doesn't know what's going on yeah he just sees the mandalorians in trouble and he's like i could maybe help yeah i can do something here like so i i kind of like it from that motivation standpoint that he's not just coming in it's like is grogu too tired or can he help us right now he just kind of randomly will do things when he notices right and it's like and being the current parent of a two-year-old, it's like that is that is exactly how they act. Right. Like I know he's not two; he's fifty. But he's but... supposed to be sort of of that. Right. That's that's his lifespan, yeah. and so it it does make some sense where he just you're right, kind of ambles in and does something where you're and like then falls asleep. Hey, Grogu, look at <laughs> yeah. you, big guy! Yeah, exactly. And then and then the, the my one of my favorite things, and again, we're jumping so far ahead, we're jumping to the last scene in the damn yeah. thing. <laughs> Is the tapping, the, the on, tapping the, on the glass like Dad, all right, go fast. last time, and it's like Dad, go fast. That literally had me laughing out <laughs> yeah. loud because it was like I felt that so much having had three children and currently dealing with a two-year-old. That's yes, that's a thing that really does happen. Uh, to sort of not get too far away from like uh, criticism, sort of overall, I did think the pacing was weird. I did think the show had a little bit of an identity crisis in not quite knowing what it was. It, it's it but it ended up feeling to me like this is a memoir this is the book of boba fett this is him sort of recounting and i didn't mind the flashbacks in the sense that i liked the backstory and i liked the characterization of boba fett and i liked the interactions with the tuscans i like that they're trying to make the tuscans like a much more complex if you read books and things and even the new canon stuff like the tuscans are way more nuanced than you ever get to see them on the screen until mandalorian and book of boba fett um, I didn't mind it. I thought they spent a lot of time on it. And there was this news story that I was also interested in that just was not that moving at all. And finally then, but you know, in the end it, it did. This was the first Star Wars series that felt to me like it was, uh, it was much more for non-casual fans like not that oh, a casual that, fan couldn't yes. enjoy it certainly a casual fan could enjoy it but it was for the much more hardcore fans and in particular the much more hardcore fans of the more obscure canon mm-hmm. you had in order to get everything you almost had to have watched the clone wars and rebels some of the stuff like i had to read some of the marvel star wars comics to understand and i was lucky to have read the particular ones that mattered and I will say, you know, I think a lot of sort of as Boba Fett was always one of those characters that I didn't understand why people thought he was cool because he appeared for less than three minutes and mm-hmm. kind of went out like a chump. And then there was all this and was ex- much, uh, much slimmer. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. slim goes into Sarlacc, comes out, 
chunky. Not slim. Hmm. Yeah. Well, can we can we start? I guess let's get into that part of it. Or were you were? Well, all I was going to say is I uh, I'll start by saying that I was not ahead of time. I never really understood the appeal of Boba Fett very much until Mandalorian season two. I was never a fan of the character until he actually was the badass that the sort of everything suggested about him, right? Yeah, he right. came in with the gaffy yeah. stick and started cracking stormtrooper skulls. Then it was like, all right, if this is how people have been imagining him, this is cool. Yeah. Well, and you're right. A lot of that is stuff you have to imagine or you had to previously because yeah. there wasn't a lot. There was extended universe him. stuff. There was comic stuff. But I mean, listen, y'all, that stuff went away. And and in the movies, he isn't that cool of a character, except that he's just like wears a cool set of armor. That's, and, I was just going to say. But he goes out like a chump. <laughs> there's no there's no. I think that to me was always why he was cool was just because he looked. Yeah, the suit of yeah. armor was cool. And, and to that end, like. It's almost like they took a bunch of kids who grew up watching Power Rangers and were like, mm -hmm. I like them because they have colors and they have cool helmets and they yeah. make a big giant thing that fights Lord Zed or whatever. And then they were like, actually, did you know the Power Rangers are very complex? And then yeah. they, they've they now, it, it felt a little bit like that at first, but now it's like you, you've got a character in Boba Fett if you didn't previously gravitate towards right. it for the reasons most people did. I think now you can find a lot of reasons to be interested in his story. Yeah. I'll get back to Power Rangers in a moment. <laughs> uh, Separate episode. With Boba Fett, I felt like the the allure of Boba Fett that it was what really got people so excited for this. And I'm not somebody who yeah, like grew up with any like that affinity for Boba Fett. So I think that carried it for a lot of people in those first few episodes. Um I got some vibes while I was watching it. I mean, I don't think he did like a bad job acting it, but I got like Sylvester Stallone in movies now sure. vibes. And there's not much you can do about that when the guy actually is old I mean, and not Morrison's in his greatest shape. But, 60 years old. Yeah. But, but he's also super excited to be here Like, and has said he would come back and do more projects. Because keep in mind, Tamura Morrison played Django Fett, but mm -hmm. he also was the face of every clone trooper. So he could come in and play any number of different roles as some of the like still living clone troopers, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he's ex he's excited to be here. So uh, then yeah, they I, could put a tattoo on his face to differentiate them, <laughs> which yeah, some of the troopers did have. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say with the Sarlacc pit to start off with, like you know, because that's obviously one of the reasons we had to yeah. get into all that for this this episode. You knew this was coming. They had right. to explain how did he get out of there, <laughs> and then they just took Patton Oswalt's. <laughs> <laughs> rant and and i mean although yeah. he, somebody said that was in a book and that's where pat oswalt may have gotten it he but, did oh, really he okay. did but it's just it that became the meme right but also like yeah i mean it was a, it is how it would happen boba fett would triumphantly yeah, there were very many options if he was going to get out of there but it also was just kind of like yeah he's in here and look how much he's struggling and look how difficult it is and he can't do it oh all of a sudden he just like lights a fire and punches out of the <laughs> sand and you're like well do i get to see what happened between like the the tentacle insides it was like and he's knocking the around sand? on walls for the hollow yeah point. <laughs> all right <laughs> but it was like there's still a lot of sand between there and so what yeah i felt like they didn't spend as much i don't know they, they didn't they didn't pay off as well as Maybe I would have liked on that. But. Some of the stuff was, and I think that's where the pacing comes in, right? Some of the things that were were rushed or like places where you would have thought they might have spent a little more time, they didn't, and then spent lots of time places you wouldn't have expected. 
the the sort of noisy minority of Star Wars fans, the what they call the fandom menace on Twitter, has this conception of what Boba Fett's supposed to be. And as we've talked about with every Star Wars media, like Star Wars fans in particular, if a thing comes out and it's not what you imagined it was going to be, you're not willing to accept any alternatives. And I think especially the first half of the season, I that's a, what I saw a lot of. Like, filmmaking slash television making pacing issues are one thing and those are tend to be more forgivable sins quote unquote for some people it doesn't matter how they what they were going to do with Boba Fett it wasn't going to be right because it wasn't there sort of imagined and I get sick of that narrative online and in people's discussions like well I thought Boba Fett should be this and if you read extended universe this book by this guy about Boba, it's like, not shut up. I don't care about any of that. Like, <laughs> get that out of here. I think once you got past that, like the Boba Fett that they characterized made sense to me. He's a he's a guy that's not. I mean, Boba Fett isn't supposed to be sixty. He's supposed to be in his like early forties. But he also got digested in sarlacc acid, which explains yeah, he has a lot. To, well, I think they try to address some of that with like he has to go into his back uh, to tank, back to tank and, and right. It's like yeah, I mean, he's this guy has like been through a lot. dehydration. Right. And, yeah, so you, they show him being in such distress for so long. I think that must have been what they were trying to get you to understand. Get. Is like don't put too much on what he looks like because he wouldn't look normal after all he's been through. And he wouldn't be, you know, the necessarily the high flying, you know, badass that he would have been. Uh, you know, previously because he's he's been through the ringer physically. Right, you know, like you yeah. said, he's been digested by sarlacc acid, extreme dehydration. I mean, look at what happens to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, the character as of A New Hope is 57 years old. He looks like shit. Right. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. and the explanation was always, that's what the twin sons of Tatooine yeah, will do to you. Sure. There's no, two sons. If, yeah. if you ever see like someone who's lived in the desert for like, their entire life and they work outside yeah. it's like yeah they're they're going to look a little more old and weathered maybe than they are and that that yeah there's a i'm willing to with everything else you have to suspend disbelief on in any sci-fi product yeah. i can go with that. but it continues the narrative too of the mandalorian which is like these are mercenaries these are bounty hunters and something happens in their life to make them decide they want to try something else or to to pick a less dangerous less well, let's use the term suicidal line of work for Bob and for Boba Fett, it's also like he's literally made in his father's image. He's a clone of his father. Yeah. When he looks into the mirror, he sees his dad's face. He's wearing his dad's armor. He's you know was Django wanted a clone so that he could make his own reputation live on, not because he wanted a son, you know. And I think a thing about this series that's really that gets at that question of blazing your own trail and making your own path in a different way is like. What if you're literally made in the image of your father? Not just like born of some like creed. You know, the Mandalorian is the is the representation of cults essentially, and he has to kind of. So is the Jedi. Well, yeah, the Jedi are too, and we'll get. Don't worry, we're gonna oh, get yeah. to that. We're gonna get <laughs> to that because I that. thought. Yes, yes, I, I agree. I think there's a whole conversation there, but if Book of Boba Fett was Mandalorian season two and a half, I think it was really successful. It kept the same themes as the Mandalorian. It brought a lot of those kind of things to bear, at least from my point of view. And I'll forgive the pacing issues. I have no problem with the characterization of Boba Fett. To the people who think they're purists, go fly it. <laughs> go fly a kite with your with your negativity and just like accept well, it. Can for I ask, is. just as someone who's not paying as much attention to the fandom menace, sure. like what is the complaint that like Boba would ne Boba Fett would never be this soft? Like yes. okay, and and 
that's what I figured. Basically, yes, that he would not, you know, he wouldn't, why is he trying to be a crime lord? He would keep being a badass. He should be out. And everyone was like, he should be out trying to get revenge and find Han Solo and Mace Windu and like <laughs> maybe he's kill tired them. after all the well, things we just listed, I think he went that's through. the point. That's what like, I was I'm gonna just say gonna is, do this for a little bit. Well, well and he says it himself, I don't want to keep working for assholes. He doesn't well, say assholes. that whole no but jack that, holes or whatever he says. But <laughs> I stand by. There are some moments where I'm like, man, if there was swearing in the Star Wars universe, this was the series. Dank Farrick, yeah, man. Anyway. Well, no, but to your point, I think. That's where I I ended up watching this and getting a lot out of like, it's almost like a guy going through a, a midlife, midlife crisis, crisis way, yeah. or like revitalization or or reevaluating everything because also never mind his age, he's been through so much, right? And he had this extreme think I know how the world works. These people have captured me. They're you know people that are not going to take any. They're going to hurt me in some way or right. kill me. And then suddenly he finds some grace from those people mm-hmm. after there's a fight and a escape and a whatever. And suddenly it sh- wouldn't that change anyone if you had preconceived notions, you thought you knew something and then you're stuck on this, you know, kind of vacant landscape. Yeah. And now the only thing you have is this identity through these people. You can totally see the version of a person taking a trip to, I don't know, like a Buddhist temple and yeah. coming back a changed person, there's a little bit of that going on. I mean, I it's like, like it's like Thanos snaps away half the universe and then goes and becomes a farmer. Making soup. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Good soup. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Kylo Ren. I know, that yeah. is Kylo Ren. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I the fandom menace was loud, but I was really appreciative with this series where so many Star Wars fans that really loved it and appreciated and had that mindset of like, I'm just happy there's Star Wars. There was a lot more of that online this time around, which I thought was really cool. And people having like civilized conversations about things they liked and didn't like. And I almost saw more responses to the fandom menace than the fandom menace, if that makes sense. Sure. I I can understand that. Uh, People already prepared well it's people preparing for the backlash because it's been there on almost everything that's come out since the original three i do want to offer this i think if it was meant to be mandalorian season 2.5 i think they should have leaned into that a little bit more in the marketing maybe even called it mandalorian book of boba fett like you know something where it's like an offshoot it's almost like a special for the mandalorian and what they also should have done is intertwined those stories a little bit more a little bit more gracefully because the pacing of the beginning like my thing is like i said i'm not a kid who grew up thinking boba fett was the coolest guy so when it when it first came out that's why i kind of waited a few weeks before i even turned it on because i was like i don't really care that much about boba fett so like what's this maybe i would have started it by now because i could binge the whole thing but if i wasn't for doing this podcast i don't know if i would have checked this one out on time probably yeah. eventually would have gotten around to it but as i was watching it i was like i just don't really care about boba fett and then i like the then they then it's just two episodes of the mandalorian i like the mandalorian yeah so i like that but i think they could have worked that in earlier and then you could have felt these these stories were going on in succession so then when they meet up that it was more of a collision then it makes sense because otherwise yeah. it just felt like it was just the mandalorian the other thing i will throw in there that really got me like what is this show this is the Back to the Future style chase with the cyberpunk Power Rangers. <laughs> that, that's the biggest. I was like, what? 
is this? That's the biggest complaint I think I've seen <laughs> from anybody so far is that scene. Who are those people? And then they were there at the end fight and they're on their stupid mod. multicolored. They're the mods. They're, well, they're the mod kids. They're mods. Like they're and 1960s mods. But yeah, they stuck out like a sore thumb. I will also say in response, like I, two things about that. The first time I watched it, I also went, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then I had two sort of mental responses, which is one, they were filming in the volume. And I think that was a big, and you, the volume is the name for that big sort of projector oh, screen set. Oh, yes, yes, right, right. One, I have a feeling there were just limitations filming yeah. in there that you they couldn't You see it again with the tank when the Timothy Oliphant's people yeah. show up. The, the way that tank kind of rolls in, that's also like well, there's, there's, kind of a slow moving, yeah. I mean, it's a well, tank, and, and but with, still. And with doesn't... the speeder bikes, like when um, Fennec Shan gets on the speeder bike and it like moves and then it jerks and you can tell like there's a point at which the CGI had to take over. There's, um, there were more than a few parts I felt like where the background almost felt like convex or concave, sure. whichever. I always get confused, but like where I, I'm like, am I literally just seeing that round and, yeah. screen? Is that what I'm I, looking at? The, uh, I shouldn't be able to see that. One last thing on the chase for me, it felt like it felt like one of those 4D experience rides at Universal yeah, Studios, where you're like, <laughs> if my couch was moving along with it, that's yeah. that's the level it felt I, like to me. I, I will agree with that. I thought it was pretty clumsy. The one other thing I will say is that. Yeah, we are used to a certain visual language for chases in films, but a chase in a, in a crowded city, like a very tightly crowded city space, would actually probably go at that speed and would actually probably, like, the guy driving the car was some, like, diplomat <laughs> wiener yes. who, he's not a stunt driver. He's going to go 35 and a 25 to not hit anyone, and he's going to, like, be bad on the turns, and they're yeah. being chased by mopeds. Yes. But this is Star Wars. It doesn't I, have to I look agree. like what a chase no, would look like I, in a real I, city. I, I know. I'm saying I agree that, like, it could have been... I'm going to defend it a little bit and say that, you know, if you think about it, that's probably actually what it would look like. But again, it's not the visual language that we've all agreed on for these things. On on the mod kids thing, I had a thought, too, as I was watching it of at first, because I was the same way. I'm like, OK, this is all kind of a new thing that they're dropping in on us, or at least that's what it felt to me. Maybe there's some lore I'm not aware of or whatever. But OK, so it's all Brandon <laughs> I'm, I'm Daniel shaking, shaking his head. I'm yeah. shaking my head. No. <laughs> Daniel's the one we go to for like, you is know it lore? lore. No, is it? it's not. Is no, it lore? It's a, no, it's okay. not. But then I had the thought of like, is this just kind of a extrapolation of what could have happened to Luke Skywalker if he went to Tashi Station to get some power converters? So or like, <laughs> is this like, did he go, like, are these just kids who got kind of into something and there's all this technology everywhere. Naturally, there's no, going to be Luke's some kind of a mod that, kid at this well, point. So well, I, he is right. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's a it's a one of those like tries to be too clever puns. Where in this universe, so many people are getting hands chopped off and legs blasted and guts, you know, torn out and stuff that people start replacing parts of their body with robotics by necessity. Well, these kids are doing body modification, but instead of getting face tattoos and piercings yeah. everywhere, yeah. they're getting replacements of their eyes and arms and Let things. Let me tell you. Again, the, but, and then mods becomes, oh, well, you know, there was a British fad called the mods. It's a, it's a joke that tries too hard to be clever, and that is a thing that like I appreciated their presence, the scooter thing was we tying mods to mods was well, the, weird. Yeah, mods does not equal mods in the, that. Yeah. The scooters actually did also remind me of like rascals that you see on like <laughs> yeah. my six hundred pound life. Yes. It was like this is a little maybe well, make then, them with them all the different colors. That's why I called them the Power Rangers. Yes. Power Rangers. Like that's what that's the yeah. vibe I got from. Them. Yeah, if they you're right. If they all looked like 
that dingy, rusted, oxidized, metallic. Some of yeah. them are more I, new. Some of them are less new. Like there could that be maybe looked, some stripes on them that yeah. maybe they, they customized some colors. Like, but we all not, like like you can't have a blue one. Like, I have a blue one already. Like that's like, not allowed. That's dingy, weird. poor teenager type kids, and I they all have these bright and shiny new scooters. It's, it's funny that you bring up. Luke Skywalker and Tashi Station for power converters. First of all, also we got to see Tashi Station. That was cool. Oh yeah, that's where the Nikto bar fight happens. Is Tashi Station? Okay, um, I didn't even. I I totally. And actually, those that. two friends, the two, the man and the woman in the bar, are from a deleted scene from A New Hope, and they're friends of Luke Skywalker's that he meets at Tashi Tashi Station with Biggs. That's a oh, that's wow. a deep, deep, deep cut. Wow, I didn't um, know that. But it is interesting because yeah, in a way, he's like a hot rod. Like, would Luke have just become like a hot rod kid? Yeah. And, and yeah, the, been doing the natural body outgrowth event might be like, well, you know, we could work on these land speeders or yeah, we could work on, on ourselves. ourselves. I felt a little less like an old person when I immediately recognized Thundercat <laughs> as the as the guy doing the mods. He's like a he's like a musician. Okay. And so I was like, isn't that Thundercat? I don't know who that is. <laughs> and, and then it was like, and it was like, yes, it is Thundercat. Oh yeah. wow! That, well, okay. So I didn't look this up, and I should have. Was the diplomat that's getting chased in that chase scene? Yeah. That that actor is from Community. Am I wrong? Um, I no, that that's was, not Jim Rash. It's not. No, it's oh, David okay. Pasquizzi. Okay, I think so is I'm the wrong. guy's okay. name. I was. He looked. He had one of those faces that was really familiar, but I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't place him. And I thought, and then I I actually saw a clip of Community, and I was like, Am I? Is that? Because there's, you know, I'm thinking maybe he's gotten older and there's some makeup involved and, but no, okay, so it's not him. No, but I, I had the same thought you did, which was that he, like, this guy looks really familiar. Where do I know him from? David Pasquizzi, Pasquizzi. Pasquizzi's Pizza is what Pasquale's Pizza. Pasquale's is what, Pizza. Yeah. There we go. I know where your, I know where your head's at. <laughs> he was in Veep. And also oh. apparently did a thing with Amy Sedaris, so that's how they know each other, oh, okay, right? Yeah. And Angels and Demons. He Amy Sedaris deserves her Emmy, damn it. I love her. <laughs> and I love that character. I like the, I, that she keeps coming back. I don't yeah. know if it was fan service or like a jab at people online or just like uh, <laughs> having fun. But when she's like, that's a stupid name. I'm not going to call you yeah, that. Right. I, call I love you that. that. Yeah. Like, I do think they have gone a little bit. On that, lean into there were there were bit. more than one occasion, I, and I'm trying to think of other ones off. Bill the top Burr of my head. did it in yeah. in the episodes that he was in, and Bill Burr historically is a big critic of like Star Wars and Star Wars yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Well, and that's and I think that's that plays a little true, and it allows people who are really into all the who are very online to like laugh and wink and right. nod and all that. Um, as far as like the episodes and, and the arc of the story, to go back to what you were saying about. Why didn't they just work in some more Mandalorian? I like like earlier in. Why didn't yeah? They, yeah why know, didn't they intercut it instead of just having two yeah. episodes that were like took a hard left turn or? Hard and this right is turn. something that I have to remind myself. They chose all of this. It right. wasn't like they were dealt a hand. Correct. I don't That's, know. I don't know why they couldn't have said yes. This is just Mandalorian two point five because I feel like then they suddenly got locked in on. We don't want to let the cat out of the bag too early. Sure, mm. and it's like, but you could have just Here, done that, or you could have just made a Boba Fett story, he, and it's just kind of like a freestanding story that it advances what's going on in the Star the Wars Boba, world, the, the and it story doesn't have anything they, to do with the other near, entities. Near the right. story they basically came up with was Boba Fett takes over this territory and is instantly under siege, and is going to need help to fight off yeah. all the challengers to his throne. Who do you think is going to help him? Yeah. Like so, that was the the, the story they came up with. So, almost served the end purpose of like, yeah. but we've got to get Mando back here to. to I want to talk about this near the end of the episode, not right now, but okay. I just want to introduce this idea right now, which is that 
this mini season sets up what I think is going to be a huge portion of Mando season three. And I think they didn't want to spend the first half of Mando season three because Mm -hmm. if they had spent seven episodes of the Mandalorian telling a Boba Fett story, people would have been pissed. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think Not they, if there was more Timothy Oliphant. Well, shush. We love him. Oh, um, I agree. But I think that the bottom line is they needed you to know this backstory in order to tell season three of The Mandalorian is the, is the bottom line. And if you hadn't, if they hadn't taken this little interlude to tell you this side story, then you wouldn't, then they would have spent too much time on it in Mando and people would have gotten really mad if Boba Fett's story is five episodes of The Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, so I think they chose story. the lesser of two evils, quite frankly. While we're on the story and the exposition that is offered by Book of Boba Fett to enhance Mandalorian, Spice is a drug? Yes. This is yes. a cartel they're fighting? Yes. That's that's what, I, that's what I thought, but they weren't too explicit. I mean, I that. Love... And we just had another movie where Spice was the, well, the main commodity. So Spice... That Dune is what inspired a lot of Dune inspired Star Wars and especially Tatooine and especially that's Spice. what I was thinking. I and was so, like, this is too like, like it's the same word, but George it, Lucas like, yeah. threw it in as a nod to Dune in the first three movies. Like it said one time, yeah, and then it's but then it's in there, right? So <laughs> then now that's what it's yeah. called, yeah. and it's actually part of the lore now. And I think it's supposed to essentially be like amphetamines. The idea is it makes you have quicker response times as a pilot be able to stay awake for long journeys etc and i think there is supposed to be an element of euphoria or maybe even hallucination but it's just supposed to mimic at least in lucas's eyes less the dune thing of like making your brain expand and more the keeping you awake for to be a better pilot or a quote-unquote better pilot (laughs) a strung out pilot I mean, I, I love adobo seasoning, but I am not riding a murder train to deliver <laughs> yeah. it, and I'm not fighting one to get it. So. And I liked that, by the way, when they finally show you what Spice looks like, it's just explicitly what Spice looks like in Dune. It's just like a gold sparkly powder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They, there was no longer a sort of I, like, oh, it's it's called the same thing, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> I actually very much enjoy it, because you mentioned Timothy Oliphant. Like, that, that part Cobb where... Vanth is the best. He's great, and... and so many people were so mad when they thought he was dead. Even the author who created him went out on Twitter and was like, it's a shame they did this to my character, blah, blah, blah. And it's but like, he, but he, motherfucker. Sorry, explicit wait. tag. He got <laughs> shot in the shoulder, and it's clear he got shot in the shoulder, and it's important to the story that they didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, but you idiots, well, of wait. course he's still see, alive. Okay, because see, we had this discussion prior to the last episode, and then I watched the last episode coming away with the thought of like, no, he is dead. He's gone. They did make it, but that's because they wanted their post credit scene anyway. No, I, 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 oh, I didn't see. Need... I didn't see the post credit scene. Oh, I God. looked. No, I looked. I, I zoomed <laughs> the end. I didn't see it. <laughs> no, he's alive, baby. Okay. Uh, we'll come to that. Then. Okay, then I did. I watched the post credit. I, I looked. I actually zoomed. I got all the way to the end, and I'm like. Where do, is it? Do I we, didn't I, see the post credit scene either. I oh, said I'd done fools. my homework and I turned it off. All right. Well, <laughs> well, then let me go ahead and tell you about the post credit scene. Okay. Yeah. Because I did not. I tried to find. I figured there had to be something. But let me ease you into how you knew it was Should coming. We just watch it. Well, we could do that, couldn't we? How long is it? It's like it's like thirty seconds. Here, hold on. <laughs> And we're back. Now, can I just say why I think it should have been 
kind of obvious in the episode that this was coming, that they were setting this up. Okay. Boba Fett saves Chrysanthemum. Yeah. He says, I owe you a nice long soak in my back to tank. At the end of the episode, he gives him a Melu run. And he yeah, says, Yeah, yeah, and, right. and he says, Oh, uh, yeah, we'll let you in the back to tank, but it's being used right now. Yeah, right. and he's straight right. up said, you're, which, that's no, exactly he's, he's right. said, no, he says that to Fennec that yeah, it's yeah. being used. She says, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. And he says it's being it's used, used right now. And, and then, then Chrysanthemum shows up. So what you require me to have paid what attention. Your brain, what your brain no, is supposed no, to I, do is go, wait a minute. Uh, if Chrysanthemum's not in it and Boba's not in it, who's in it? Well, then I, no, actually, because then my brain went to maybe it was, and I know that then they cut to something else, but like then my thought was, Oh well, Mando did get like thrown around around by a rancor, so like maybe he's using it. It could have been the like, green pig guys. No, they're dead. No, they're, they're dead. They're, they're, dead. they're, dead. they're real dead. But at a certain point, I was like, oh, I think everybody's gonna make it because everybody that was in trouble is back here fighting. And then I was like, no, I don't think those no, are gonna, gonna make, make it. it back. They just yeah. show up with a couple of buckets full of them and poured them into that tank, and they're like, that's not gonna work. It does not do that. Well, All right, they'll have a nice roast later that night (laughs) i was happy with those characters i felt like it was some chubby representation (laughs) oh no i actually in watching that thought that's a that's a body goal i should shoot for is like quads and hammies like those guys like i would take that and i don't care if i have a little belly if i'm that strong and i got some those guys are like they did not skip leg day at all they're like dummy thick you know what i mean that's perfect though all right so cobb vanth this feels like the right time to jump into the big fan service slash the reasons that this is this is a series where you have to be a little bit you have to be in with the deeper cuts on this series. Cobb Vanth's a great one. Cobb Vanth obviously showed up in Mando season two, but he was a deep cut then. <laughs> no, but a, he was <laughs> but he was an enjoyable character. Yeah. To your point, you could watch that and go, I have no idea who this character is, but I yep. I under I you think knew this everything is cool. you need to know. Right. Well, because that was one of those great, one of the things I liked about The Mandalorian. They had a few, you know, in both seasons, those kind of one-off episodes, just here's a little adventure he yeah. took. So that's why you understood the character, because yeah. he's just there for that one thing. Yeah. I will say to um, Black Chrysanthemum, who they just called Chrysanthemum, because, you know, for reasons. And um, right. But in the comics, he was always Black Chrysanthemum. And that's, by the way, when he showed up on screen, I knew who he was and went, oh, yeah, I was so excited. And Sonic is to Chewbacca as Shadow is to, to Chrysanthemum. Yeah. Yes. And then when Cad Bane, which I knew Cad Bane was going to show up, and we're going to talk about why he's a, a really important piece of this story. Like, do you guys know anything about him? He's the Clint Eastwood no. outlaw guy. He's not yes. the Clint. He's Angel Eyes. In the good, the bad, and the ugly, Angel Eyes is the bad, right? Okay. Well, no, well yeah, but like, saying, I'm saying just saying that imagery. Guy, yes, yes of you're the, saying the cowboy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that shows the one, yes, the one that has the thing with Boba Fett. Where they're, yeah. yeah. So let's give a little bit of backstory. You guys, ev- everyone who is watch has watched this watched Mando season two, so you know who Cobb Vanth is. He does appear in a the aftermath series of novels. That's the first time you see Cobb Vanth and Freetown, which in that book it's called Freetown. So they had to they they're kind of people were a little bit like Boss Pelago, what's that about? Well, they just changed the name to their own thing at some point. They, they all they chill out. Retrofitted that to fit. That's um, nice. so Chrysanthemum was a is a bounty hunter who was a partner of Boba Fett when Boba Fett was working for Vader. Boba Fett left him to become, I believe this is the order of things, left him to become like a gladiator slave on a planet. 
was the last time they saw Well, they him talked there? about him being a gladiator. Right, but right, like yeah. they have a history. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Now, would you need to know that Boba Fett and Chris Santon had a history to understand that a big black Wookiee with giant like embedded electro knuckles and a huge arm cannon like, do you need to know anything other than he's a big well, bad? And if you dude? and if you do, like, you saw it yeah. when they have their moment early in the series, where he like finally... shows up and pulls him out of the back to tank yes. and almost rips him to shreds. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you find out, like, well, these two aren't friendly, and then you see at the end how they, or not in the end, but the end of that episode where he has a chance to kill him, and he yeah. says, "No, I'm not going to." You're right. like, well, there's got to be more here with these guys. But at the very least, that's enough motivation for everything else that happens yeah. between those two. So you basically, I guess, my point is, is it's it, there's a lot of history there that if you know the deeper lore is cool and adds a whole other level. But it, they also tell you everything you need to know on screen. Cad Bane was a bounty hunter at the same time as Jango Fett, and they were rivals to be the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. When Jango was killed, Cad Bane trained Boba Fett with the secret intention of getting him to be as good as Jango Fett and then killing him. So that he could say, I'm was I'm better than Django because Boba was as good as Django and I outlived them both. There's a in the Clone Wars animated series, there was like a lost season that when Clone Wars got dropped and then Disney picked it back up and did that final seventh season. There's like a season of animatics that were half done and so you can watch them, but they're not like finished Polis episodes, but like they're lost episodes. Where you see Boba Fett as a teenager donning his father's armor for the first time and having a confrontation with Cad Bane. Mm. It's a shootout, much like what we see on the screen in this one. They shoot and they hit each other in the head at exactly the same time. That's where the ding on Boba Fett's helmet comes from, was getting shot in the head by Cad Bane. And if you noticed at the end of the episode when Cad Bane's laying there, he's a metal plate on his head. It's where Boba shot him in the head. Oh, okay. So they have a history. They have a long history. And... They nod to that in this episode. They do enough to tell you, like, these characters knew each other before this. Yeah. They don't give you all the backstory. And, of course, we also saw Cad Bane in the Bad Batch hunting Omega, who is, for all intents and purposes, Boba Fett's sister. The biggest problem with lore of this size with yeah. these kind of entities is when you see a character like that, and you're right, there's enough there that I know what's going on. But, yeah, when you but see... But, like, I'm like, am I supposed to know who this is? Or is it okay that I like? Am I missing a see, character see, from I feel like an episode Chops. of The Mandalorian or something? Yeah. That's or a that's a some Chops, guy? I think you need to talk to someone professionally about that because that's an insecurity you're feeling. <laughs> and you need to get that. I no, If but, only but we knew anyone who to could maybe your help you. Point. With I think for the first time you were intended to feel that way. Okay. A lot of the other stuff they've done, where they like give a nod to the deeper lore. They will explicitly tell you, like the Darksaber, they explicitly told you what you needed to know about the Darksaber. Yeah. They explicitly told you what you needed to know about Bo-Katan. This is the first time, and I, I agree with you, this is the first time where you could get it, but you were meant to think, I think there's something I'm missing here. I think there's something I'm supposed to know with Cad Bane in particular. But yeah, the guy appears in the sort of reflective heat wave of Where the he, desert. Did he walk there? Yeah, man, because he's a badass. <laughs> he shows up and just as he's this gravelly voice oh, guy with the, with the who, sharpened did, teeth. Did, and he pulls who's out the, the voice actor who did this? Corey Burton. Corey Burton, okay. And Corey Burton is also the voice actor that did him for the animated stuff. So this is one of the first times they've actually transferred that from... Well, yes. not the, uh, the, I know. the they, big example is Bo-Katan, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Katie Sackhoff was the voice in the animated series and then p- portrayed in live action. Obviously, it's not Corey Burton under the makeup. 
Well, and no. with her, she looks exactly. They modeled. They the modeled it after. after. Yeah, so exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so. I was going to say though, with um, with that voice actor, I that is one of the like just us working in the radio industry. All the whole time he's talking, I'm like, can he do the imaging for the fan? Because I just picture him like saying, yeah. you know, like nerd association. Like that guy, if he, for those who don't know, that guy could go make millions of dollars a year just reading radio station and television station names. If he doesn't already, he I, may already I be. I mean, doing I don't that, know. Yeah, Corey Burton, I don't know much about him in the, like, the scheme of the voice actors. I know very little about him. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me that's where he got to start. A lot, a lot of these people got their start in radio, yeah. so he probably I've, did do. Chops, I don't know if you've ever heard it or or if either of you've yeah. heard it, but the there's a voice guy for Westwood One, which is for like the NFL yeah. on the radio, yeah. and that guy has a voice, the voice similar, and that's what I, it's it's. This is Westwood One, yeah. and it's just like I can't. I'm like a tenth <laughs> of where that guy is on the lower octaves. Yeah. Like it's just crazy. So I. I was sitting there watching this going, that voice is so cool. I don't care. Like, I I am in love with this character just because of the voice. Yeah. And let alone everything else that happens with it. But yes, I was very much in. as That was my first time seeing that because I did not watch Bad Batch. I did not watch Clone Wars. So yeah. that's where I am on that. Uh, uh, yeah, it was very cool. And it was one of those things that you... I always rail against people bringing expectations to shows, but I, you almost had to expect that character showed up at some point with the history. And of course the opera, like Filoni's involved. Filoni created that character Mm -hmm. and how cool, I mean, how cool did he look in live action? He looked so good. You had to think he was going to appear at some point and, and I'm glad he did. And also I don't think he's dead. He gets stabbed. I mean, think of everyone else who gets stabbed or shot and still survives. He had that thing on his chest plate that I thought was supposed to indicate a heartbeat that was still beeping in the final shot of him. Interesting. So I think he could be back. I don't mm. think he's dead. I mean, they, if he they, is, yeah, they he didn't is, have but... like the rancor eat him. You're right. He, in <laughs> Star true. Wars, unless you're like incinerated or <laughs> digest, well, even digested. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, true. Yeah. Enough. Cause yeah, the, it looked like well, he, was, was dead. he wasn't the, um, digested. He was yeah. just, he was in there. I will also say that when the huts showed up, I thought that was one of the coolest. Oh, I enjoyed that. I, yes. I was so pleased to see huts in live action again. And those characters were brother and sister. The twins, yeah. Yes, yeah. The twins. And so, and that dives into some really deep lore from the comics about the hut crime syndicate and how Jabba ended up being in the position that he was the most powerful hut and was also in like one of the most obscure planets in the galaxy. There's a whole backstory there. So I thought that was a cool element to bring in the having the Pikes be a part of it is also like the Pikes have shown up in solo. They've shown up in, you know, a couple of the animated series and things, but there's some deep lore stuff with them too. I guess to like to back out to a bigger picture thing for a second. Yeah. I enjoy that. I felt like as I was watching this, I kept becoming aware of like this type of level of threat, this type of uh, conflict is probably happening on lots of planets, on lots of planets every year of this universe. And we like, I think if there were people that were pushing back, like, well, this isn't really big stakes. It's like, yeah, I don't care. Tatooine. No, no, no. But it's like, but I don't care because I am just cool with finding out how everything goes in this universe. The stakes don't always have to be death star. will blow up entire uh, planet. Right. 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 Yeah. Or or we'll take over galaxy. Right. Yes. And, And so like that, that's something I felt like with the Pikes. It was like, this is cool to explore, like, 
this group of people who seem to really want to just take over this particular region of this world, that isn't, you know, the same thing as Kylo Ren trying to take over the galaxy. And it's like, that's okay. I'm yeah. okay with that. I want to I wanna give you some real deep nerdy stuff for a second about okay. Tatooine and, and why why is Tatooine a drug running planet if it's like this backwater desert planet? And I want to give you an example. I am from Cambridge, Ohio. Cambridge, Ohio is at the intersection of Interstates 70 and 77, which makes Cambridge, Ohio a really hot spot for people to sell drugs. Okay? Yeah. You know, talking about whether it's opioids or whatever you may have sure, okay yeah it's because there's a easy transport out of there tatooine right? is at the intersection of the a, a hyper lane that goes through nalhutta which is in hut space which is this whole region of space of a crime syndicates own it the empire never went there the republic never existed there the crime lords owned this whole sector of the galaxy and there's this hyper lane that goes right through it and goes through tatooine and then there's a hyperlane that goes through the core planets in Coruscant that intersects Tatooine. And the reason Tatooine's important at all in the galaxy is because it's at the intersection of these two hyperlanes. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, and I, so yeah, it makes you're sense, right, like, topographically, it, if you can like, use that why does Why do they need a train when they've, like, to go across a desert when they have ships and other things? And it's like, well, all right, but... You're trying to avoid detection. You're on an outpost planet right. that is a good. It, it, that it, happens to be at these like this perfect place to like have people meet you to do drug deals because yeah, I guess they can come on their like, interstate and you can come on your interstate. To your Just point watch about out for the Jawas and the Sand People, yeah, and and the Boba Fetts. Yeah, Boba for the Fetts. but for the most part, it's like yeah, it's minimal interference compared right. to maybe going and doing business in a crime syndicate thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Naboo Starfighter. That was another cool little nod, right? And I, I mean, it depends. I, I'm interested to see how. What did you think of that, Chops? Like, was that cool, or did you think that was too fan servicey? Or Amy Sedaris was there, so I was cool with that scene. Okay, I, I like her. At first, I, I do too. I had a mixed reaction of rolling my eyes and also being a nine year old again or sure. twelve year old again, whatever. <laughs> but it also, when they, when I was like, oh, they're turning it into a hot rod. This makes sense now. Okay, Mando no longer needs a... This is his midlife crisis car, <laughs> but he also no longer needs a ship that can haul four prisoners and so you can sleep in it and because that's not what he's doing anymore. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's a dad. He's a dad with a sports car. <laughs> and then you're like, what's that little pod? Well, we all knew what the little bubble was for. Of course, yeah. No, I I And it also that. isn't Anakin's Starfighter, by the way. Confirmed. Mm. There's okay. there's writing on the cockpit that you can compare to the writing on the cockpit from the Wasn't Phantom there a scene where they went the by the gate that a crash in the uh pod racing scene. Yes, they broke. went through they went through that's Beggar's Canyon. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, yeah. Because and you remember yeah. Luke Skywalker says, "Oh yeah, I used to shoot womp, womp rats, rats in Beggar's Canyon." He flies over a womp rat in Beggar's Canyon. Oh, in right. that scene yeah, yeah, that like yeah. scutter, scutter, you know scurries out of the way. But yeah, there was the debris from that crash that yeah. happened thirty-five years ago or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, time moves slow on Tatooine. Yeah, what are you so, gonna do? No one got out there to clean no, it up. No, it just wasn't important to him. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. I mean, I guess we can get to kind of the bigger moments where everything changes where yeah mando is involved i want to talk about i want to talk about the mando episode the mando solo episode, episode and yeah, i want to talk yeah. about the the um the grogu focused more focused episode um 
we knew Mando was coming. They did the little stinger music at the end of episode four. We knew that's where we we're going to end up. Um, I thought it was neat to see. I mean, there's a lot we can dive into just with that episode, but to see him like back in his old ways, but he has the dark saber, but he's using it in this way that like is very clumsy. And, mm-hmm. and on, and then later in the episode, they make it explicit. Like he doesn't know how to wield it. He doesn't know what's going on with it. I mean, but at the same time, it was pretty cool to see him walk through the plastic meat, you know, butcher oh, flaps yeah. and just like, there he is, bud. And he's here on business. <laughs> yeah, that was. And then he makes some leg jerky by mishandling the, the <laughs> yeah. dark saber. And then he cuts the dude in half, which I was like, whoa. Yeah, I, I that's where I feel like we're getting a little bit more into gray area. And yeah. I like it when characters in Star Wars have gray area sure. as opposed to like they're ultimately good or ultimately bad. I mean, it's he is ultimately good, yeah. but you could But he fell back see... into his old ways. As soon as Grogu was gone, his sort of moral compass, he went right back to it. Yeah. You know? Well, and that right, and that's very interesting too, because Boba Fett seemed to have developed a moral compass. Yeah. And then you it, it was jarring to go to, from that to Mando, Mando now where you're like, like, Oh, oh wait, shoot, hang yeah. on a second, he just chopped this dude now. Yeah. And then he kind of had to be shown this is the way again. He had to, you know, and yeah, go through that. That was a cool. That was a cool moment because I don't think I. It it took me right up until right before it happened to understand what information he wanted. Like that, that's what he was trying to get. And then it's like, oh yeah, he's trying to find the covert where it moved to after after you know they got right. exposed. Another deep lore thing that I think is going to become really important. It was revealed in Mando season two that they are that he grew up in the Children of the Watch, which was like a cult subset of the Mandalorians. And they tell you more about the Night of a Thousand Tears in that episode. And there's this uh, this allusion to the fact that the Darksaber, like if it's not one in combat, it's cursed. And it's the reason the Mandalorian people, you know, were were destroyed and blah, blah, blah. I want to remind you of fact, which is that at one time, Maul not Darth Maul at that point is reintroduced into this, you know, into the scene and he comes back and he takes over the man, the rule of the Mandalorian people by killing their, their duchess. He gets the dark saber. He wields the dark saber and he allies himself with a subset of Mandalorians called the death watch, which is why it's children of the watch. Cause they're maintaining this Mandalorian should be warlike. There are these mantras. You have to keep your helmet on. Yada, yada. The armorer's helmet has spikes on it that mimic Maul's Dathomirian spikes. Interesting. Now, I just think that's going to be really important for season three of Mando. T-Bone and I had this conversation. I kind of joked that I was going to make predictions and seal them in an envelope. We were going to open them. And I, and I didn't end up doing that. And it's probably and a good then- thing because I was going to be pretty far off but i still think i have something here. and i reminded you you could just also email me I before know, the show but came I, out we like the theater of it too. yes i thought this was going to be the way that Bo- book of boba fett ended i still think this storyline happens in mando season three stick with me maul also appears later in solo a star wars story as the head of crimson dawn you remember that there's that scene right at the end paul bettany's character kira kills him Amelia Clark kills him and she phones in with his signet ring and the guy on the other end of the line is Maul. And he says, come to death and blah, blah, blah. That character, Kira, is in books and comics as having become the head of Crimson Dawn, this crime syndicate. In fact, one of the five syndicates. The Pikes are a syndicate. 
the Huts are a syndicate, the Black Sun is a syndicate, the Crimson Dawn's a syndicate, and there's one more whose name I can never remember, and I don't think they show up in anything except in name. You know, there's this all this talk about um, the syndicates have to approve things, and the Huts come and say, we don't want war because the syndicates wouldn't this and the syndicates wouldn't that. I assumed the Pikes were in an alliance with Crimson Dawn, and that when the Pikes were clearly outnumbered in this episode, we would see potentially Kira herself, but certainly members of Crimson Dawn show up as reinforcements, and that among the members of Crimson Dawn would probably be some mercenaries who were from Children of the Watch. Because if you recall, all these Mm. Mandalorians make their living being mercenaries is the way it's portrayed, right? And they would have their horned helmets and all this kind of stuff. And it also then is like, oh, here's Din Djarin, and he has the Darksaber, and here's these other Children of the Watch who were allied, may have known Maul personally (laughs) at one point, who used to be the wielder of the Darksaber. I still think that could come up. I think the, the, the turning it in the direction of the crime syndicates being a big deal. I think the puts whole... Puts that into play. I think that puts that into play. I think Boba Fett having started a war with the Pike Syndicate and running them off is going to have repercussions for Mando Season 3. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to make the, the five syndicates in Hut Space start to pay attention. Like, oh, here's somebody who's a thorn in our side. Here's this Boba Fett character, and he was with a Mandalorian wielding the Darksaber, mm-hmm. and Crimson Dawn, potentially Kira herself, might go, mm, I know about that Darksaber. I know what happens if you win that Darksaber. Yeah. I know what happens if one of my guys, maybe even Vizsla, who aligns, you know, who tries to fight Mando for the Saber, maybe he's working with Crimson Dawn and we don't know it yet. I think this is where the broader story is going, and I think it's very likely we we may see Amelia Clark in Star Wars again in Mando season three. I think that's where we're being steered. I kind of thought they were gonna. That's how the last episode of Book of Boba Fett was gonna be a cliffhanger where Crimson Dawn is revealed to be in the mix, and that the actual war with the Syndicate was gonna happen as the first few episodes of Mando season three. Yeah. I was kind of surprised they put a neat little bow on it to tie things up at the end, but. And I'm I'm okay being wrong. I still think it's in play. I still think it's something we're going to see in the future because I think it gets at that question of what's it mean to be a Mandalorian and what's it mean to wield the dark saber and what's you know well, what that power responsibility. The, that's the next question is like all right, so he's still got the dark saber. What's he going to do with right. it? Right, and we can get there when we get to like the wrap up of all this. But yeah, I I before you get to Luke Skywalker, I just wanted to add. Yeah, for me, one of the moments where I like laugh cried was when because i had just forgotten about that little conversation and i should have not forgotten about it where boba fett is like i want to ride that thing yeah it's like <laughs> yes. and, and i'm like oh man how are they gonna get out of this jam and then all of a sudden boom there it is like yes the payoff and i i if you had told that's 10 I, or 12 year old me like when i started watching star wars if it was like rancor you're gonna see anyone ride a rank you're gonna yeah. see a rancor not be a claymation yeah. thing that barely looks like it's a functional animal, let alone what it became in this. It was it was a great that was one of the yeah. moments where I just like if I were in a theater, I would have stood up and cheered. That and would have been in my prediction envelope and I would have been hundred percent right. Yeah. Um the, I believe you. Maybe the coolest mo- there were a lot of cool moments in that final episode. One of the coolest is Boba Fett going, do it. And him ripping the oh, droid just yes, to shreds yes. was, that was so cool. That was well that's why I felt like as much as I didn't like the pacing, I'm with you on that. I feel like the way they paced the payoff it ended up being led you yeah. to these epic payoffs at the yeah. end, which maybe we just 
Need you to. can't do that too often because now we're all going to get savvy to it and be like, oh, okay, yeah, got to go watch. <laughs> we got to watch Boba. Or I don't know. We got to watch Mando learn how to read some new language or something where he's just studying in a book for <laughs> seven episodes and it's like, but in the eighth episode, he becomes the president of this new yeah. world. Yeah. And like, okay, all right, but in okay. the eighth episode, that language, yeah, is some sort of beast he can talk to. Well, and they, yeah. They also, by the way, set up um, Din Jaren having to go to the planet Mandalore and bathe himself in the mines or yes, whatever. They yes, set that up. Of course. And the Mythosaur is the the skull that is on the crest of the mandalorians it's, it's right. this ancient dragon essentially like the man the very first mandalore rode this mythosaur and it became the the emblem of the mandalorian people mm. because he was able to tame this creature and if we've now seen know someone who knows how to tame mythical giant creatures well, that are scary yeah, we've we've now seen din jaren do it to the little froggy dudes and we've now seen boba fett do it to a rancor i think we're probably there's a chance and we've seen the great <laughs> dragon not ridden but Right. Tamed. Right. Yes. I think we may be seeing a mythosaur. So anyway. Like that. All right. So Din Jaren wants to go find his little buddy. He wants to go see him again. Yeah. Right? He wants to give him the little, the cute little chain mail in the little pouch that looks like Grogu's head. <laughs> so he he goes to, I, I don't know what some planet. planet. Okay. He goes yeah. to some planet and he can't find him at first and he meets a bunch of robotic we, ants yeah. building what looks like ancient temples for the, and I'm like, yeah. Why would the why would why wouldn't these robotic ants build something nicer that I didn't like? Like either it's an ancient cool Jedi connected temple or robotic ants I mean, built it, it for I you. I think it's supposed to be built in the image of the first temples chops. I will say it's, it's a like a Buddhist monk. Type that was thing. one of the few things that I've seen in any Star Wars universe where I'm like, we might have those before I get out <laughs> yeah. of here. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, Boston Dynamics basically has made creatures that could do yeah, that right, right now, and we're instead using them to enforce the border or whatever but I, bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, sorry to jump off that, but like, that's what it's like. Oh, that's something we may get. We're not going to get yeah. a dark saber. We're not going to get lightsabers, but. That would be cool. I did like how they made him the little bench, and he's like, "Is this a bench?" I did think they, that was, they don't say anything. They don't communicate. <laughs> I, I did laugh at that. It was I like, and it's like they're clearly making him a bench, and he's like, "Is that, is that a bench?" And then R two is just like, "Boom." <laughs> I understand the training with the Jedi and stuff, but I, I feel like they could have just seen each other. They they could have let him. No, I thought that was. I thought that was good. I'll be honest. I think way as a cult leader, Luke Skywalker is doing a really bad job of getting people to join his cult. So <laughs> he does, he leads with all the bad what, stuff. What, you can't love anybody. You can't do anything fun. You, you, but like, I think the point is that, and we see, by the way, the result of that in The Last Jedi. We see that Luke had the opportunity to do things differently and didn't. He yeah. had the opportunity to change things, but he didn't. He followed the dogma. And keep in mind, he received a very small amount of training from Obi-Wan. He received a few weeks training from Yoda. His whole knowledge of the Jedi is based on all these ancient books that he took from Yoda's hut when he when he died. So he has trained himself essentially by on like a you know a correspondence course, more or less, in the old ways of the Jedi. The point is. That he's still that he's getting it wrong. The point is, it sets us up to see the Luke Skywalker that fails to re that that fails to create the Jedi Order because he doesn't do it with love and compassion, because he he alienates and his own nephew and Grogu can see that and he's like screw this. Well, and it also solves by the way the Mandalorian is way better. It solves the problem that everyone was worried about, which he's is he's going to get killed. Yeah. In the he's going to get yeah. killed in the temple and. 
I was in my envelope of predictions would have been a zero percent chance of seeing Grogu until Mando season three. I assumed we were going to be left with that cliffhanger and we weren't going to see him again because that was going to be one of the questions that we were going to get to. I was shocked when he showed up and was like, no, I like the implication is that this happened off screen. He made his choice and Grogu had either wisdom or love or whatever to not follow that old way and that and and f- keep in mind if Ahsoka Tano thought that Luke was somehow different or better than the Jedi Order she could have rejoined she could have oh, picked yeah. up and helped him right. she didn't which by can we just for a second I also was a little I loved seeing Luke Skywalker I loved what they did with him I do agree that this might not have been the place for him I knew immediately when I saw him what your impression was going to be but hold the phone for just a second <laughs> To see Luke and Ahsoka standing together on screen, I w- sobbed because of all of the sort of, we don't see any of it. They don't actually have the conversation. But to think Ahsoka knew Anakin and was trained by him. They were best friends. Ahsoka was very good friends with Padme Amidala, who's Luke's mother. When she says she's a friend of the family, that's the understatement of the century. For her to see him had to have been so emotional. They don't show us, and we don't know if they have and had any conversations where Luke says, tell me about my dad. Tell me what he was like before. They're two of three yeah. people in the galaxy, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Luke Skywalker, who can understand Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker being the same person and have a, an emotional connection to that, right? And got right. to see him on yeah, either yeah, side yeah. of the transformation. That was big. I mean, that was a heavy emotional moment for me, and it was neat to finally see it because it's something that I've wanted to see. I think a lot of people have wanted to see forever. Does that hinge on him having to look like young Mark Hamill? I know they already did it in The Mandalorian, so I guess they kind of had to stick with it, but I don't know who this needs to be addressed to, Kathleen Kennedy or somebody at Disney. You can just hire actors to play yeah. these roles. We don't have to bring... I understand Mark Hamill's no, alive, I, but young Mark Hamill isn't around anymore. You don't have to bring people back from the dead to play roles. Like, we'll get it. Whether you, you say know, it's Luke Skywalker, I'll accept whether it. Whether you know it or not, the big thing on the internet was that Sebastian Stan looks almost exactly like Mark Hamill did at that but age. he's busy looking just like Tommy Lee right now. Yeah, no, but I think, <laughs> I think everyone thought if we're going to see Luke Skywalker again, we will see him portrayed by... Yeah. And they did more this time with getting an actor to do more of the physicality. The, that guy who was the body double, I mean, there was a real body double and they yeah, did a deep fake on his face, yeah. did an outstanding job of of mimicking the mannerisms and the body language and stuff. And I will accept criticisms about maybe Luke Skywalker didn't need to show up in Book of Boba Fett. I will not accept criticisms that it was just cool to see him actually being the legend <laughs> yeah yeah and be and and like embarking on this jedi training and when he was like i knew somebody like you once his name was yoda and he taught me all these lessons like, oh yeah that, that was, was oh it hit that me was so and good. him does it and have him to force... look and sound like well here, Mark here's, no, here's, my not answer, here's my answer but... to that chops I'll, I'll i'll throw my two cents i feel like kathleen kennedy and everybody else involved in all of this is in a really weird spot where they have to appeal to mm-hmm. daniel who knows almost every bit of lore that exists around this franchise or as much as a lot mo- not you're in the, yeah, you're in the one percentile sure. let's put it that Ab- way. Okay. Yeah, yeah yeah and then there's you who are not like that you're not a star wars fan but you're a star wars fan and i'm a fan of every other 
sci-fi franchise and yeah. you watch a lot of movies. And so it's like, we've got to loop them in. We've got to loop in the person like me who grew up watching Star Wars but didn't read every comic yeah. book and all that. And so, and I'm a little older than you guys, so a little more of that attachment. And then my kids <laughs> who are going to watch, they have not watched this and yet. And don't know that this is that the other movie was made 40 years ago no. and they're supposed to connect that these are the same character. Right. But they're going to they're going to watch it and they're just going to my kids are going to love this because of Grogu being in it. Like if I tell them like just wait, like they're going to go back to this later yeah. and be like this series was awesome because of all that. And Do so your kids notice the deep fake or does that go right over their head? I'm curious. No, they they did not when well, they haven't seen this, but they saw, you know, Mark uh -huh. Hamill and, and they were just like Oh my gosh, it's Luke Skywalker, and they were just yeah. like thrilled. They, they, they I would did think not... that it probably would go over the, but I was. Curious. And this one was a lot better than the one at the end oh, of season two. The voice threw me on this one. Not that it was yep. bad, but it was like robotic and weird. And it's like I guess he's like he's like Jedi monk style anyway, so he probably would talk in yeah. that lofty kind of tone, right? Do you know that um, that that voice they fed all the old footage they could find of Mark Hamill's voice when he was that age into AI, and that was generated by an algorithm? It was insane. And to there me. were a few lines that they like brought in a voice actor who did a good enough Mark Hamill impression to like fill in. Oh, the AI couldn't get this word right or that word right. Soon we won't need actors. Well, no, they. I have seen. There's a guy on TikTok who does. Vo he does voiceover work and he literally talks about like here's how you do the rock yeah here's how you do like all yeah, these yeah. all these huge movie stars where they're like yeah they just needed him off screen to say like whoa watch out and so he he does spends he an, and does that. a day coming into they'll, like, like how do I do that the voice? adr to voice actors instead of Can the I actual add a bullet point now? five yeah. to your to your four points yeah what's the lowest grossing star wars movie of all time i don't know actually Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh right, yeah. What was the what was the big sin that everyone complained about in that movie? It was, <laughs> that yeah, they it recast here. That yeah. they recast Han Solo. Yeah, but that kid couldn't I, act. They had to bring in an acting coach I, in the middle I of the movie. I think Solo was great. <laughs> so if it, you got to hire my, a good actor. My point is, and I don't agree with. I agree with you. They should just cast someone in that role. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Because then it would be really easy to incorporate however much as you want. I agree wholeheartedly. And that's what they're trying to do, right? They're getting a good enough deep fake person because if you don't know the story behind this, the final episode of Mando season two, Mark Hamill or Luke Skywalker looks a little funky. Mm. A guy on YouTube says, guys, this was my, I did this deep fake in my own home and I did a better job of it. And Lucasfilm hired him. They're going to reverse engineer to just come in and person. do. They're like, yeah. you know what? You're right. You did do a better job. Come do him when we do him in this show. Yeah. And he did. He's and that's, the guy that made it look as, well, and, as good and, as it did. And I will say, like, I know what you're saying. Like, yes, you could hire someone else, but there's just something about that level of take, keeping you in the universe and keeping you in that moment. It would be very hard for me if I watched it. And I am someone who says, Luke, the Skywalkers don't need to be involved in every damn story. But if you, in this case where it's like you've introduced in the second season, now again, they didn't have to do this, right. but they chose to put him in it. Well, now you have to either fix that problem or Grogu's gone. Yeah. So if you're going to bring back Grogu, I don't think you could just be like, no. Grogu just like pieced out on that. No, was, it can't happen. He's back now. Yeah. Like, you, you have you to, have have to show the rest of it and you have to show the progression of the training and how he does learn some things, but not enough to want to stick with it and not to go over his attachment. to. Ben I Hill. agree with all of that. And I'll just say that, like, as much as Chops, I agree with you. I also was super emotional to see this thing that 
looked exactly like the Luke Skywalker I remember from Return of the Jedi that I saw, you know, for the first time when I was five years old and was like, that's the same. It's the same guy. Well, I'll say it was it was his his robotic (laughs) a little like not robotic, but his very like stoic kind of way he was talking. And obviously we know why that had to be from a technical standpoint. But also it's like watch him in episode six where he is this more mature Jedi right. where he's just kind of walking around in his black suit and he's like, hey, yeah. what's going on? No, he, I don't. Like he has that more like low he, key. He's lost yeah. some of that youthful excitement and he's but he a also, little more moderated. But he also has a sense of humor enough to levitate all the frogs out of the pond. Yes, Like he knows right. how to speak Grogu's language. He's not like some old stodgy. Yeah, but, he, he's still like, he's the hip teacher who flips yeah. the chair backwards for a second. He's like, what's yeah. up kids? Like I want to teach you something. And at the same time, Chops like, you're like he's the Jedi are a cult. Yeah, they are, and they needed to show a Luke Skywalker that hasn't gotten past that yet because it's it makes the last Jedi's Luke Skywalker inevitable. Oh, yeah, yeah I think there's that too, where you have to fit in. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, with him. he's going to fail at this, so we need to see. And it's already established that that Ben Solo is his first student of his academy, so we knew Grogu couldn't be the first student of his academy. Like, well, and also you know? it's like, why would he be so adamant about some things that he ends up that make him so intractable that he ends up then, you know, <laughs> trying Tapping to kill off his students? To, yeah, and it's like, well, the one of the first ones he brought in. Failed. He did, he did the like hippy dippy love song. Let's play. Here you go. Yeah. Here's a little frogs floating. And it's like, that didn't work. I need to lock these kids in and get them really. And it, it just helps with that yeah. a little bit. If you need, especially that if you, if you're Luke Skywalker and you know that the greatest Jedi who ever lived was Yoda and you have a chance to be the guy that trains the next Yoda. And then that Yoda's like, actually, mm, I'm not Peace buying out. it. Yeah, I'm not, that's going to, that. that's going to hurt when Ahsoka Tano who, was a Jedi who knew your father won't stay and be part of your yeah. academy. Like Luke is losing these things that had that like had it happen differently. And Ahsoka had stayed him like actually, you know, we need a more nuanced approach to the force. And oh, I actually do get to train the next Yoda. Like Luke Skywalker might not have been the guy who decided to turn on his nephew the moment he saw quote unquote evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'll say the last thing I'll say on this, Chops. I don't mean to like. I feel like we're, we're lecturing you. Yeah, well, no, we're, we're well, like lecturing I, you about. I'll, like, I'll respond no, right at the end. Go ahead. No, well, I would just add this. Like, I like pro wrestling. The yeah. Undertaker <laughs> is essentially pro wrestling's like Luke Skywalker. Sure, he's, he's been there through this huge, all these eras of WWE. The Undertaker yeah. was there, right? The last few times the Undertaker came out, he couldn't move. But they still made him do all his moves. If I'm watching it as an objective pro wrestling fan, it, you if it was just some dude, you would yeah. say, like, why is this guy at WrestleMania? He's sure. terrible. But it's the, it's the Undertaker, yeah. and he's the only one who can yeah. do these things and get away with it at 50-whatever years he is. Right. So you just have these things where it's like, the only way we can show this guy is if it's that dude. And he's got to do these things, and this is how it goes. And if you have anybody else do it, it's going to lose most of the people you're trying yes. to get it to. And, and and, but you are right from every other yeah. technical aspect of what you're saying. And having said all that, I don't think you're wrong to feel the way you feel about Luke Skywalker. And I, I also question, was this the right place for him to show up? Hey, f- people out there listening, you're allowed to feel however you feel about it. <laughs> We're not That's right true. or wrong. Yeah. But yeah, no, your point's a, a valid. I mean, what? What I will say yeah. is that I'm glad you guys can get that out of Star Wars. Star Wars and I don't have a that personal of a relationship right. for me. So, and I know this is going to sound oxymoronic, but 
this is technically my opinion, but I think there are objective things that made Book of Boba Fett messy yeah. and uh, issues with storytelling and constructing a, no, it's not a movie, but it's movie level type. Right, type it is, and it's, and, and it's a story. And yes, it just, to me, again, I don't think it was that good. You're, well, I'm, I, I agree think, with that. <laughs> I think everything that, if, if Daniel and I are defending it, I think we're defending it with our emotional, like, but I like this and I want it to be good and I enjoyed it. Everything. And that's, and like, that's at that, the end of the day, the, we're all, we've all made. Yeah, the, and I think what that gets to is there were the, the parts were there and yeah, they yes, didn't yes. quite put it together right. They didn't. I agree with I you. I think on that. most people would agree. Like, I think most people would agree with the fact that were there places this could have been executed better? Absolutely. Were there parts that, as as again, the person who will defend Star Wars full throatedly <laughs> at every opportunity? That's why I I'm saved... sitting before you and saying it had issues and it, you know, it, it yeah. wasn't perfect. Yeah. But I also I think the biggest, and I'm not saying you're not doing this. I'm now speaking to the fandom menace. You were told up front that this was a part of the Mandalorian story. You were told up front what this is going to be. Like, don't expect it to be something that it's not been set up to be. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think for the the hardcore Star Wars fans who do get that way, yeah. even though I think that's kind of now th through Last Jedi and all these other things, yeah. it's like a lot of those people have just been like, all right, I can't just, I can't have these expectations. But if you did and you were disappointed that Boba Fett didn't do something you thought he should have, it's like, I think by now the next series of Mandalorian, like, Stop having expectations for some of these characters because yeah. they are going to just act. It's you can't just say this is what he will do. It's like we we think this might happen, but if he doesn't, yeah, that's I, not necessarily just enjoy the ride, baby. Yeah, to some degree, and I feel like though that is just, it's it's like just a, keep tapping on the windshield. Until, <laughs> Go faster, Dad. John it, Favreau no. turns on the hyper. <laughs> but you know what it is though? It is it's a family thing. For, like if you look from a family on the outside in, you're going to be like, eh, there's a lot of messy stuff here yeah but for those who are like i don't care i'm just in i can't not be out you know like yeah. i think that's not that you're out but you know what i'm saying like well, you I said the attachment is different and i think it just depends on where you fall on that as to how how much of it you could look you could look past in some of these shows and at the end of the day i think the value of the book of boba fett is not the threads of narrative as much as it is the moments. There are some just, there are cool moments that I'm glad happened in star Wars. I would recommend people watch the book of Boba Fett in a way that I might, but, but if it were, I mean, they set it up so there could be another season of it. I'll be interested to see what happens there, there, if it happens at all. But like if the book of Boba Fett were one, like the clone wars where it's, five or six or seven seasons of that, I would never tell anyone to watch right, it. Right, right, yeah. From a recommendation standpoint, I would say The Mandalorian is something I will recommend to people who are just kind of like, ah, Star Wars is fine. Yeah. I, I would not recommend the Book of Boba Fett to those kind of people. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I think I think it's more of a thing you go after once you've like exhausted your love of the yeah. movies, yeah. and then maybe you've even gone to a few books or something, and then it's like, all right, well, if you really want to get into the deep dive stuff, this is another jumping off I point. did really enjoy when they turned up the space western stuff yeah. to 11. That, and, that was fun. And at the end of the day, like it gets back to what I said, that this to me was maybe the most the most made for the next level of fan of any Star Wars media I've seen so far. We are making this not so much for the casual Star Wars person who's only seen the, you know, the original trilogy, although there would be some cool tie ins like we're making this for the fan who 
has watched the animated shows and maybe even read some of the comics and like maybe even read some of the novels. It's more for that fandom and that's okay. It did not all Star Wars has to be for everyone. And every now and again, it's kind of nice to be catered to as the person who is in the 1% of Star Wars knowledge and be sure. like, hey, this is kind of neat that they're doing this thing and I get it and it means more to me because of that. Well, I don't think all Star Wars needs to be that way. It's kind of nice that this was. Yeah, I definitely know that, like, like you said, if we're talking about recommending it, again, because I think of like having kids and the next... There, Disney is thinking of, yeah. how do we keep this going for another 50 years? You do that by giving those kids a lightsaber battle. You yeah. do that by giving them, Hey, remember Luke Skywalker? Well, here he, here is. he is. Hey, you like cute little Grogu here? Are they, you know, <laughs> and it allows the dads to enjoy the Boba Fett stuff and enjoy the dads and moms. And it enjoys the kids get to enjoy the, the mod stuff. Yeah. And those, Hey, those speeders are interesting. You know, it's, there's a lot going on. One last chops is pointing his finger. One last thing I actually, I actually did like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the bar in the town that Boba Fett was in charge yes, of, or whatever, yes. had the 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 madam or the yeah the manager Jennifer Beals. Jennifer Beals talked about her yet. Um, so she was hot. Too. Yeah, she was great. I don't know. I, like, it, is, it was a shame to now, see that character. Amy Sedaris helped me out because I was calling them flesh tentacles, and I thought that was a little too much. <laughs> the tails, but she called them head tails yeah. right at the end, and I was like, there. Maybe just because pretty lady, but the. <laughs> Those flesh tentacles had me, I don't know. You were excited in a way. Something was happening. All right. Hey, man, there was one scene where she came out and it was like, this is perhaps one of the most beautiful people (laughs) who's ever appeared on screen in a Star Wars anything. Like, she's truly stunning. And when was Flashdance? Like, late 80s yeah oh no jennifer beals and and i the one regret i have is that was a character that i really hoped they were going to do more with i was really sad that they just sort of blew her up after Mm -hmm. a few appearances but yeah i mean (sighs) we're at this point in the episode i feel like shouldn't go on a tangent but all i'll say is (laughs) twi'lex which is the species that jennifer beals character garza flip was and the major duomo was a twi'lek and you've seen them before in star wars yes were prized for their sort of like grace of movement and sensuality and sometimes they were like sex trafficked for that reason which is not like a cool part of star wars but like you see twi'lek dancers in jabba's palace you see the attendants at the at the bar are two like really hot twi'leks in skin they also were two of the hottest people you've ever seen (laughs) twi'leks are known for being either like spokespeople because of their like grace of speech or like their grace of movement. Well, did They're you known see even being... uh, Amy Sedaris's character? Like they had Not, that moment. Yeah, nice she's head like, oh, tails. Hello there. Yeah, yeah. And then he's the... like, well, hello to you. And yeah. she's like, I-, I don't have time for that now. And yeah. It's like, oh, there's a little. <laughs> like he is happening. good looking if you know, you know. Right. Yeah. And but like, like Tops, who doesn't know, was like, damn, those head tails. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, girl, shake those head tails for me. Ooh. Yeah, that All was, right. I think I, I did enjoy that bar too, because, and this is my little Last Jedi thing. We got to see gambling in the Star Wars universe again, and apparently it's going to piss a lot of you off, but I don't care. And Good. If, and if Bring anybody, on the gambling. And if anybody wants to get in on my Sabacc night, uh, you can <laughs> you can reach out to us on Twitter. No, um, I just want to take this opportunity 
to uh, thank T-Bone. We always love having oh, you on to yeah. talk about Star Thanks Wars. Thanks for having me on. Chops, thank you for, for bringing some balance to the Force in our conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess I'm the dark side of this no, conversation. No, it's, you're the balance, man. No, maybe I'm the dark side. Who knows? But anyway, you, uh, T-Bone, want to thank you again for joining us. You can listen to T-Bone every day, every weekday on Common Man and T-Bone, 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. You can stream it online. There's a podcast. Seek him out. He does cool things. And again, if you want to talk about joining my Sabak night, which is a real thing. Uh, you can reach out to Nerd Association on Twitter. Do that by finding us. Our handle is nerdassoc, N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. You can also reach out to us via Gmail, nerdassoc at gmail.com. Let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. Maybe even come on and be one of our nerds. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.